Oh yeah! You're feeling peppy. It's my second win. Don't break Wandon here. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. What? Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Anti-Wave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the movies that stand the test of time. Oh, that's good, Robert. The reason you're saying that is because this week we're going to be discussing An American, an American Pickle. Pickle. We did it in unison. We did. We're gay. <laughs> yeah. And, and our, our top, top five, five this week you is what? what? You don't think I know, do you? Nope. River movies. You got it. River No, movie. you're wrong, buddy. Time... Time travel. Oh, wait, Rivers was last week. <laughs> last week. But wait, what was yeah, Ocean? I, was, I thought you were wait, fucking with me. I no, thought you were fucking around. Of course I was. So what was Ocean movies? Of course movies? I was. Of course. <laughs> what was Ocean movies? Wait, it was Ocean movies, River movies, and now we're doing time travel movies. Right. Because yes. he goes through time. I like how you say that as or, if there's some sort of logical flow here. Get well. It? Flow. A flow. Uh, all of those things flow. Actually, is it really a time travel movie? This I, is well. Uh, we'll get to that, but I I, don't I was think up till so. three in the morning. I don't think so either. I mean, in that the it's sense invalid. That, what we're doing is invalid because it's not yeah. time travel in its pure sense. Well, it's not in the sense that every every movie would be a time travel movie in that case, right? If this movie is a time travel movie, then every movie that takes place over the course of an hour would be traveling. He time. allowed the time the time passed by him. Right. He did not overtly go out of his way. To go through time, and all he did was kind of sleep for a half. So maybe century. we should have said time capsule movies. Oh, should we redo our top five? Yeah, let's go back. Uh, We're just gonna do that. Uh, what's that Mel Gibson movie where he was uh, same kind of plot, but he was like frozen for a long time? That's right. I remember that. What was that movie called? I, don't know. I hate movies. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Annika, <Well>. find out. <laughs> Antern Annika is gonna find out. Mel Gibson was in a movie, Forever Young. That's it. Never mind. That's An- Antoine Annika, we don't need Never you. mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because I, I was wrestling with that. It's not really in its purest sense of the term uh, time travel movie. It's just, Way to step no. on the movie, Ira. Yeah, well, Way to oh, fuck it all up I for everybody. I just away, didn't I? All right. So time you want to talk about River movies, though? That, oh, because that's what we did last week. Last week. And we got some really strong, strong listener responses. Yeah, but just like the current of the, of the river the pulling current, us downstream. Good. I like that. These like are that. strong. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Riptide. Okay. All right. Um, one of our listeners said, um, obviously, River runs through it. Mud. Are you familiar with yeah, Mud? Yeah, Mud. I, oh, that was the Matthew McConaughey movie. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Good. That good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, River Wild. Young Adam. I don't know about that film. I don't do know you? Young Adam. And she also mentioned. I just know Old Adam. Oh, Old Adam. Yeah. This was the son. Mm-hmm. Not Mystic the great, great grandson, which is. No, no, no. no, no. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's this movie. That's an American pickle. Our listener goes out of his way to mention films. You know, Chinatown, I actually considered Chinatown. That's a good one. But it's not really... Okay, it's about the River Owens Valley and mm-hmm. all that, about about the water in L.A. back in what decade? Yeah, in the the 40s, 40s, 50s. 40s, 50s. We don't associate it as a river movie, but it's really a... About, that's the backstory. It's a, yeah, I it's guess a backstory. it is. It's the aqueducts. Wasn't it the aqueducts? Yes, yes. So... I think I would no, give it I to you. No, I think that's legitimate. I mean, I that's, that's a it's a definite plot point. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah the major one. He also said that without a paddle. I'm right. not familiar with that. You're that's right. the, uh, the uh, where the guys go out in the wilderness and they find like the fortune of DB Cooper. They like find a, not his body. I think he's still alive oh. in the movie or something like that. The guy it's with a the money jumped out of the plane. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. Yeah, and he's like still living in the forest or something. Yeah, and yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Like get his money and they're 
trying to uh, escape capture or whatever. With a, a salmon fish uh, fishing on the Ye- Yemen? I haven't seen that. I haven't seen I've heard of it. Mm. Cape Fear um, actually takes place on the Cape Fear River. Yeah. All right. Okay. And I'm not familiar with this last one he mentioned. I want to say it right. Aguirre, the Wrath of Now, that was a Herzog. Uh, mm-hmm. Best film. I'm not familiar with it. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it. But either. he said it's all about uh, traveling along the Amazon River. What was that movie? There was some document. No, they made it into a into a movie where they, you know, when they when they were cutting the Panama Canal and they were like going across Panama, and they brought with them like a huge riverboat or something like that. I'll have to figure that out. I saw a documentary about the making of the Panama Canal, the building of it. Yeah. That's not what you're referring to. Well, it it was like a f- biopic of that whole mm, experience. I see. And I think they brought like a riverboat with them. Did they really? Yeah. And they were basically making this river as wow. they were going. Wow. They also brought malaria. Yeah. <laughs> I heard about that. It was interesting. Uh, I was at the Panama Canal, and there's a museum there, and that's where they showed the documentary. Really? It was very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch it while you were like going up the canals? You thought I watched the documentary? I never said I watched it. <laughs> you just it. saw that there was a documentary? <laughs> no, I did watch it. It was right in the main building. It was really cool. Huh. Didn't go through the Panama Canal. Oh, you didn't? No, but I remember in fifth grade that I, I built this Panama Canal replica with locks. Remember the locks? Yeah, the, but to, to be fair, you thought they were master locks, and you were just like No, I thought like, it was locks with cream cheese. <laughs> wow, well, Ira, you have one-upped me on this stupid game. <laughs> That's good. Hey, other people suggested, again, Bridge of the River, Kauai, uh, Red River and River of No Return. Red River. Red. <laughs> Send Ira Red, right over. Right, right, Ira right over the Red River? Wait. that went over. Red River, Red River. Oh, I know. I remember that. I'm not familiar with River of No Return. You know, can I tell you something? Please. Um, yeah, I'll talk about it in a minute because it's part of my weekend review. Oh, oh Okay. Uh, Lonesome Dove? Was there a river in that film? Mm, I don't remember that. She wrote River of No Return, Milo and Otis? Milo and Otis, they, they yeah. They go down a river, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Africa. It's a good movie, yeah. Milo and Otis. Yeah. Uh, was a, uh, uh, one more. Anaconda. 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 I added an R. <laughs> R. Anaconda. Anaconda. A lot of that takes place on a river. Yeah. 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 That's what we had. We thank our listeners. Oh, that's nice listeners. Yeah. What? Is there something you want to say to me? I, there is something I wanted to tell what, you. What's that, buddy? So this morning. Yeah. I got tell. up. And um, I I noticed this morning when, when I got up, I was kind of rubbing the sleep out of my eyes and things like that. And yeah. I heard this sound. Yeah. And I said, what's that? What's that sound? And it sounded like a lion. It was a roar, roar. An, audible, an audible roar. Wow. And... I got up and yeah. I said, "What is?" It? I opened up the window. Yeah. I looked outside, and what did you see? Wild animals Wild running. Wild animals running. Well, I realized it's, it's 2020. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Do they were wearing masks? No, these were actual wild. Animals. There was a giraffe. There was an elephant, and I realized that they had clearly closed down all of the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> God. So <sighs> it must be time for the in the news. 
You know, after your great intro, your great lead-in. <laughs> here's here's wait, the new what, game. What? I've got a new game for you. <laughs> to try to outdo. You have to figure out what word I'm going for. I get the key for. word. And, and, then, I, and then you get to do the next. But what do That's, I get? How am I the winner? That, what do I get? What's you my get reward? To, you get to progress with the show. <laughs> you get to <laughs> if advance I don't to get the next it, segment. Then the, yeah, the, but i got to tell you something. After that long, protracted <laughs> intro and lead-in in the news, mm-hmm. I got nothing. You got nothing I, in the news. Well, I, you know, we already talked about Universal and AMC making that deal. We already talked There's about Ellen DeGeneres. We talked about stuff, and there was nothing. You sent me an article, a video about what's happened oh, the last I'm seven sorry. days. I, I have to curate well, the news. I kind of like it when you send me something, and I use that as a springboard. Internet, okay? Can you start following what's what, going on in the news? What in the has happened? And hand it to Ira. In the last, what has happened in the last seven days in the news? I don't have that. Look, I'm not responsible for every single fucking segment that we do, am I? No, but this one you are. What do you mean? Why? When did that start? Whose rules are these? What? You make these rules like, well, I'm going to fall on Ira. Let Ira do that. Let Ira do all that work. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I do all the hard work and you come off like you're the star. What? What? What news what? girl? Do you think Robin Quivers on on Howard Stern just goes, oh, I didn't check the news. So it's just saying it is my responsibility. Yeah, it's your responsibility. When did this start? This was never articulated. We never talked about this. But like everything else with our dynamic, it falls on Ira. You expect me to do the hard labor. (laughs) I didn't look at anything. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. Nothing. No, nothing. Arguably one of the most newsworthy times in American history. In film? Sure, film or, well, about, or or anything else. We've been what? talking. We've been pretty liberal about other things. We've been talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. But we've talked about that about about COVID, about masks. That we're talking about. Yeah, you know, what uh, COVID? What's that? Oh yeah, it's a virus. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's nothing that happened in the film industry in the last seven days. You don't think that reeks of laziness? Are you implying <laughs> that I'm lazy? <laughs> yeah. You are because I don't have anything about news. Nothing happened. <laughs> In the past, you would send me a video or two, and you know I was going to put that in, in the news. I got nothing. I failed to see the humor. I, I failed. Why are you laughing so hard? You know, I've you never expect heard me to do. Of a news girl coming in with the Who set news? up the news girl? I disagree with the. Well, label. you're wearing the Why fishnets you and the that? miniskirt. <laughs> Why do you put that on me? I mean, I do corners corner. I organize all the stuff from our listener, our listener mail. Because I, I do, do all, all the seg- publishing. Oh, I do all the post work. Oh, it takes you 23 minutes. Yeah, because I've got it down to a science. Then, yeah, I know you're pretty fast at it, and of course, our great photograph. And I know you do that. I'm not saying that you don't do your fair share, but to imply that in the news has to fall on Ira. Well, we're, half the time is just you correcting what we yeah, said I know, last week. I know, but there were no errors last week. Oh, okay. There were no errors. Oh, I, was a perfect show. I listened to the entire show. There was not one fucking error of which we spoke, so I don't have anything. I, this, you, this might be what? the best news segment you've ever done. <laughs> yeah, in the news. I got nothing. All right. Let's move on then. Do you want to – can I do one thing oh, in the news? I don't Please. know if this is the news. This isn't the weird mind of Ira. I'm crying. Can I show this right now? Oh, yeah. Is this, is this the right segment for it? Yeah, it is in the Should news. we just have a weird mind of Iris well, segment? That's a, oh, oh, I don't like worry. That. I'll curate no, all the news stories for you. I'd you to do that one. You should come up I'll with I'll come up the with the, weird, in the weird mind of Ira. Ira. Yeah. Two movies. Sometimes I have trouble t- disassociating two entities, whether they be film titles. <laughs> no, I want to share this with you. I'm two movies that have confused the hell out of me. And, but there's a reason why I confuse Bill them. Bill Pullman and Bill no. Paxton? Well, I can't tell them but apart. No one can. No, tell no one can. Who's the third one? Jeff Daniels. Yeah. yeah. Man, all three are so white and vanilla <laughs> and bland. 
They're bland actors. Two titles. They're actually please. not. They're all pretty good. Oh, they're, they're just, solid actors. But they're just but they're confusing. Not, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. Billy Budd and Joe Kidd. Now, listen. Listen. I've really <laughs> thought about this. Those two titles, in my brain, I've always had trouble separating, and here's why. Obviously, both titles are a person's name, a proper noun, yeah. a male. Obviously, with Billy and Joe, how Anglo can you get? Last name is something, a bud or a kid. Both last names are an object of some kind. In both last names, there's a double consonant, bud, B-U-D-D, kid, K-I-D-D. Billy Bud and Joe Kid. Can I tell I you? I have trouble separating these two. I have trouble separating. I'm not fucking with you. Yeah, yeah. Billy Bud. Yeah. And Mutiny on the Bounty. Not the not the titles. Right. But, but the, I can never remember which movie is which. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I have trouble with that too. So one of these two is a Clint Eastwood movie. I don't think it's <laughs> Billy Bud. I'm pretty sure it's not. It's definitely Joe Kid. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I looked into that the other Billy night. Billy Bud is the uh the Terrence Howard right, movie. Right. Which you like a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that mutiny on the bounty. But for Joe Kidd and Billy... But that's the mind of Ira. Which one was Joe Kidd? I, I've seen all of Clint Eastwood's movies. I don't know. He, he's in it. That's why I don't know. I like movies. Yeah. That's in the mind of Ira. And that's in the news. Wow. 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 I wonder so, if other other podcasts are doing this. You know, the, you know, just what? today, they're just taking the news off. Just like, oh, Nothing. Well, I, I got nothing. Nothing happened in the industry in the last seven days. You're giving me this incredulous look. I am. Yeah. I am. I'm yeah. giving Google you that it. look. Hey, yeah, intern. Intern Attica. Anything you blame the intern. Anything happened in the uh, industry in the last seven days? She, she's frantically looking up. <laughs> Hollywood Reporter just says nothing. <laughs> nothing happened. Variety. Nothing. Google it. Nada. Anything happened in the, media, in the film industry the last seven days? Are you telling her to actually think, search this up? I don't up? think search engines work that way. I don't think so either. I don't either. think so either. No, I think they're built to generate content. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah. At any rate, Let's okay, that's on. in the news. Let's move on, shall we? Hey, uh, before yeah. we move on, oh? I want to talk about our sponsor. Ah, sponsor. We're having a good time here, but there is something very Wait, serious. That's, oh. Okay, you keep talking. I'm going to talk about our sponsor. You're, I, that's your Amazon package, that's right? your package. Oh. I'm going to talk about our sponsor. AVGearGuy.com. AVGearGuy.com has over 30 years of experience in the business of transferring all of your non-digital media into digital media. He takes all of your film negatives. He takes your slides. He takes all of your old uh, movies and uh, high eight video, all of that stuff, and he converts it into digital media so you can share it with your friends and family. And one of the things that he's got going on right now is he is doing a, uh, a special sale, a special kind of Scan Cafe buster price. So Scan Cafe is one of his chief rivals, and he's trying to beat them uh, by beating their price, either matching or beating. So if you are thinking about doing this and you find a better rate, be sure to reach out to avgearguy.com because he will either match or beat the best price that you can find, especially through Scan Cafe, because he finds that you know they've got these old scanners, they're not doing as good a quality, all of that stuff, and uh, he's got a state-of-the-art facility. So check out avgearguy.com, and he will transfer all of your digital media. Okay, I'm back. Let's talk about avgearguy.com. We just finished. Oh, did you talk? Yeah, we talked. Talk about his rates, talk we, about the quality, what a good guy did. he is, how both of us are his clients. I said all that. Oh, you said all that? No, but it's okay. Uh, yeah, all right, all right. You mentioned his rival company, of which mm -hmm. this guy really beats the hell out of Ace. Okay. Are we, we going to do the whole no, spot again? No, that's all right. That's right. Sorry I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> 
your your birthday present arrived two weeks early. Oh, happy birthday! Well, I think we'll wait though. Uh, I think so too. Because I, I want to gift wrap it. You know how well I wrap my presents. Mm, yes, yeah. right <laughs> really now it looks well like done. Amazon wrapped it. Oh, well, you're not supposed to. See. <laughs> okay. It looks like it's a DVD. No. Or Blu-ray. Uh, mm-hmm. what's next? We want to do weekend review. Oh, the weekend review. Some are old, some are new. We now present the weekend review. Summer new. I watched something. This is going to be good. Yeah, I want to talk about it. Have you heard of the film Red Desert? No. It's a uh, Antonioni film. Antonioni? Antonioni. Uh, Antonioni. So you have to mumble the very end. Antonioni. Uh, The Italian filmmaker. Yes. He did uh, Blow Up. He did uh, Le Vinciol, whatever, however you say it. He, part of that French wave. No, he was not. He oh, was he part wasn't? of no the French. He, the French are part of the French new wave. He's Italian. Oh, he's part of the Italian wave. Yeah, as a, a Italian. What's it called? A neo, neo, neoclassical. Yeah, really? Uh, yeah, it's like neo. What is it? What's it called? Italian neo Renaissance neo class. What's it called? Dropped out of my brain. Somebody out there is listening to this podcast that actually knows films, and they're going. I'll mention this next week when we do in the news. I, and now we got to find it out. <laughs> but so anyway, <clears throat> this is one of those movies that um, has been called too pretty for its own good. Oh, we have that as a category. We right. have a few films that. And I was interested in seeing that. Um, I had heard in a commentary that Soderbergh said that this is one of the most beautiful films ever photographed. And I was interested in seeing it. Didn't really care for the movie. And it was pretty. Well, it wasn't that gorgeous. It was shot in the 1960s, early 60s. And I, I suppose for that time, I would say that this might be a, a very beautiful film. It, the whole film centers around a, um, a woman who had recently been in a uh, car accident and it really shook her up. And she's not able to kind of come to terms with reality. And she's uh, socializing with friends and trying to get back her life back on track. But she can't quite seem to do it and that's basically it and she's kind of wandering around from scene to scene you know how the 60s films kind of did that yes but it's kind of like where are we going with this and by the end it's like okay we're are we done like what what's going on and maybe yes. you, you sometimes have to rewind to be like what was the last line oh that's now i get the whole point of the just film like i guess detached from society georgie girl just popped in my mind and that kind of fits with you know she was just like didn't fit into the yeah. machine this is like does this film have a what's the title of this movie did you it's called us? red desert that's right you said that yeah red desert i'm not familiar with it so and it's it's italian yeah and um and it was just richard harris was in it oh, i like him and he actually left the production of the film uh, because he got in a fight with the director, and they were taking too long. Well, that's Richard Harris. Right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. You know they took away his driver's license in all of the United Kingdom? Really? Yep. Why? Because mm-hmm. he made a bet. This is when he was riding high in the late 60s with Camelot and doing all the And MacArthur's Park, remember the song MacArthur's yeah. Park and so on? That he bet his good buddies, they were drunk, that if he um, hits that red double-decker bus in London at a certain angle, he could get it to topple over. <laughs> Did he do it? He sure tried. It almost toppled over, but it didn't. The police arrested him. He was with Peter O'Toole. They were all buddies, you know. Okay. So it was uh, disappointing. The look and the content of Red Desert was disappointing. The look was good. She's beautiful. Uh, Monica Vidi? Vidia? And I think, I mean, if you saw it, you go, wow, she's beautiful. She's wearing these kind of 
you know, not short, short skirts, but she's always, she's very leggy. I think you, you'd. Red desert, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie's kind of boring. Yeah. Neorealism. That's what it was. Neorealism. Ah. And we associate that with Italian? Italian neorealism. Got it. That's the Umberto D and uh, uh, Bicycle Thieves and. and you know, sometimes it's Bicycle films. Thief, and I've seen it plural and singular. Because I've it seen depends it on ways. whether you're you're talking about the original title or the Americanized version of it. The Americanized, what they do? They added an S when it came to it, America? Yes. No, they singularized it. They, they singularized did. Why? Because in the Italian film, it's kind of like, um, it's it, it really is. Okay, so have you seen the movie? No. All right, I'm, I'm going to spoil the movie for you. There is a scene in the movie where the father, the whole the whole movie centers around this guy who's got his bike and it's stolen from him. And he has to get this bike back to keep his job. And the, the family has gone through such great lengths in order to get him this bike so that he could have the job. And if he doesn't have the bike, he doesn't get the job. And so he's doing everything he can to get this bike back because it means his entire family's, their their livelihood is is on the line here. And you know, his son is maybe 10 years old and helping him wander around the town looking for the guy who stole his bike, trying to find it. And then at the nadir of the film, uh, nadir. Yes. <laughs> the father steals another person's bike. Oh, then there's more than one. Wait, is how many? Th- it's not how many bikes, but how many thieves? Right. And so that's the, the point. And when it was Americanized, they, they kind of made it more about the person who stole the bike. As opposed to, really, it is we are all kind of in this same situation, this That's desperate interesting. Uh, same approach. film, same content, same right. everything, but we we uh, through a different lens yeah. when it came to this country. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Especially in post World War II Italy, where you're really desperate for work, right. and right. money, and trying to get your family back to, on track and things like that. I've always wanted to ask if it's plural or singular. I've noticed that. So most so, film purists would say Bicycle Thieves. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to Red Desert. Yes. <clears throat> uh, yeah, don't uh, don't waste your time. I, it's weird because this film has a, I think it has a 100% rating on Rotten Tomato. Right. By like, I think it's 24, 25 critics or something like that. They all rated it really, really highly because I think they... They're sucking the dick of this, you know, film that's important and is part of it's part of the Criterion Collection, and it's one of those kind of right. films. But you watch it and you're going, "I'm fucking bored to tears." And I think there's just a, what is it? What is it? What those films in the '60s and '70s that just didn't? There was no real direct line of storytelling. American films, or some, international, some yeah. a yeah. lot of international yeah. films yeah. that were just kind of wandering. I think that was a period of inner angst mm. and and self-discovery. I think that's a generalization, but it's safe to say, and that was reflected in many of the films. It you just know? kind of seemed like people just sitting around talking and you're going, what's mm. the... I guess this is my problem that I've had with my dinner with Andre. It's, where are we going? Like, what is it that we're talking about here? What are we doing? Uh-huh. I wouldn't mind the actual conversation if I was there to participate or even observe the actual conversation. But if I'm going to watch a film, I would like... I guess I'd like a story. I'd like a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, I love that film. You didn't find it fascinating to peel away layers of who these people are, these two people having dinner, getting to know their inner stuff. Maybe you should watch Red Desert because you might like it. <laughs> That's very funny. I mean, That's very much that what this is. Like, yeah. yeah. 
Um, I guess I, I, I tend to want more out of it. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. I can handle an abstract film. I mean, I've talked about Koi and Escazzi on this podcast before. I, I like that film. But I feel like that has a storyline. Story. You want more story. It, it is a storyline, but it's kind of – you have to look for it, but it's there. I don't feel like there is a storyline with My Dinner with Andre or with Red Desert. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just kind of here's a snippet of their life. I guess slice of life films can be good. It just uh, what's what's not compelling to me about this? I'll have to sit on that and think about it. Anyway, so I watched that film. Uh, watched other a, a few others that I'll just kind of zip through real quickly. Watched the Iron Giant, uh, Indian in the Cupboard, Spirited Away. Can you tell that you... I I watched these with my daughter? <laughs> I never saw Indian in the Cupboard. I think it's quite wonderful. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, Intern Annika is is reacting. Did you see Spirited Away? Is so, that what you were? Yeah. Which one? Spirit. It's an anime. Oh, it's anime. very weird. It's very kind of like, what the fuck is going on? And I think a lot of the was it Ghibli Studios? Is that what it was? Yeah, Ghibli Studios films are very kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Is it, it's anime. Is yeah. it erotic? Yeah, there's a lot of tentacle porn. A lot of tentacle porn. Wait, wait, porn. is he is he fucking with me right now? <laughs> he is fucking with me. Yeah. I was watching that with my daughter. Oh, never mind. You're watching it with your daughter. Yeah. Well, you know, you could break her in. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, this is an octopus. <laughs> All right, what did you watch? Here's what I saw. Number one, Casino. No, I'm kidding. I know I've done that the last three weeks. I know, but I'm, I was just messing with you. I saw a movie called Spread. Any film that's called Spread. I'm sure you and watched I figured, it. I've got to see this familiar. You familiar what with was it? the first 15 minutes like? I don't know. I stopped after 13 minutes. <laughs> Uh, Ashton Kutcher was in it. Ashton and also uh, Anne Heche. I haven't heard of this. No, you haven't. And it was um, Rotten Tomatoes has gives it a twenty one percent. That's probably it's, why I haven't heard of it. It's not a good movie, but it was a title that hooked me. And it was very sexual. That Anne Heche, you know, she she was pretty hot in her huh. day before she hooked up with with what's her, Ellen and became gay. Oh, oh, okay. This Ellen turned her. Yeah, I wonder. No, okay. Another movie I saw is called Cherry. How could I not like this film? However, you've seen Spread. Yeah, you've and seen Cherry. Cherry. It's a good week for me. And you wonder why and I the don't third have. The movie you saw was called Tatas. <laughs> wonder why I don't have anything for in the news? I've been busy with these great films. <laughs> the great thing about Cherry was that the distributor was Indie Rights. Wow. Yep, there was their logo at the very beginning. And this was about a male college student who has a thing for an older woman, but the daughter has a thing for him. So we watched that whole storyline unfold. Did you ever see or even hear of the art of racing in the rain? Does that mean anything to you? It sounds vaguely familiar to me. Talking Dog. Wait. Yes. Was this a it's recent a fairly film? fairly new movie. And, and the guy, it's like a convertible, and he's driving yes. around. Have you, you know the logo? That's actually yeah. one of the images. Did you see the I movie? I think I saw the trick. No, I definitely oh, didn't see the yeah. movie. Well, the, the dog's voice, I knew it was familiar. It was Kevin Costner, who was the dog. I really thought you were going to say Kevin Spacey for a second. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> really? Well, then the dog would just go around licking butts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so it was an odd film. It was an odd, quirky movie. Was also, it good? I don't know. I'm not. It had Amanda. Amanda uh, Seyfried. How's your last Seyfried? name? Yeah, so she was nice in that film. You know, I also had in the background while I was doing things Grease and it's a lot of fun to watch that, but I think I've shared this with you before. That and this is me, Ira, who's going to make the statement that I had a lot of problems at the end, where Sandy comes out at the very end dressed as a slut in order to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from me, 
which is sort of surprising. But I thought, well, like she sacrificed her inner soul so that John Travolta and all the others will embrace her. And I really had a problem with that ending, with the tight, tight leather black pants and singing their duet at the carnival at the end. Hmm. That, that's, how they, that's the resolution of the film, become a slut to be accepted by your peers. I, I, it's an interesting reaction I had. Speaking of becoming a slut to become accepted... Do you think Kevin Spacey will ever come back? That's a great question. No. No? Again, we can make a list of those who will and those where there's no way in hell. And I'm putting... Oh, you're looking at me like you're not so sure. I think I'm he might putting come that, back. What? I think he, he might can't, come back. He can't. It was too... Mm. After 10 years, 10 years down the line, if he starts doing some small supportive roles in films... Uh-huh. He won't come back to being respected and on that riding that wave that he right, was on right, for quite right, a few right, years. Right. Maybe he'll be a notable character actor for the rest of his life, if that at all. I don't know. Would it, would... I don't know. I just get this sense. I mean, we just brought his name up. And I, I just kind of feel like, you know, he did those bizarre Frank Underwood. Okay, so he was in that TV show House of Cards, which right. I don't know if you ever saw yes, on I Netflix. Yeah. And then when all this shit went down, he did those bizarre short films where he kind of came That's out in character. Right. And I saw that. And he's almost like I forgot about like that. he's unapologetic for it and he's not gonna back down. I think you sent me that and I watched that. I watched it with you or something. There were it was, like two or three of yeah. them that he made. They're kind of it was weird. Like acknowledging what he had gone through, but it was like... Right, like in character? It's, his, it, it's being him... That was real trippy stuff. If he comes back, I think it'll be a, he'll be a character actor, and I think it'll be quite a few years yet. That's what I think. Hmm. You don't see that. You see it happen? No, I think you might be right. I just think he's... I don't think he's gone. Hmm. You know what he needs? He needs a really meaty role that he just acts the shit out of, right. and everyone goes, yeah, but he still fucking got it. If he could do that, you know, if he could really knock something out of the park. Well, do you think, A, he still has an agent, and B, the agent is shopping him around aggressively? I don't think he has an agent right now. But if someone thought they could make money off of him, he would have an agent again. Yeah. You know, I think they probably don't have an agent because they're going, I can't be your agent because I will lose money in other areas. He's probably still got some friends. And, I mean, I don't think anybody's knocking down his door right now. But now's a good time to pick up a Kevin Spacey if you want to go get a discount. You're right. right. You know, discount price on a great actor. I put Louis C.K. Well, Louis C.K., we've talked about this. Louis C.K. made the news this week. You would know that if you did some research. (laughs) He came out this week on uh, on Dave Chappelle's stand-up. He came out? No. Yeah, he came out. No. No, he – Dave Chappelle has been doing these stand-up specials in uh, in Ohio, and he's been bringing people, like, guests – you know, celebrities and things like that. Michelle Wolf came out, and and Louis C.K. was a surprise guest appearance and made like a big wow. uh, splash. And people are going, "Oh man, he's really back." Well, and Dave Chappelle has been a big defender of Louis. Well, C.K. we all, we said Louis C.K. could come back because of his persona, right? Because of his show, and because he he's self facing anyway, and he's a comic, he's well, a stand up, and, and see... the way that he approached his apology. I think he, I think he did it right he admitted to it he didn't deny it he said i'm really sorry and it you know i think it's time for me to shut up and listen to what other people have to say right now and i think if you go back and look at the apology i don't know what else you would really want from someone in that situation 
He didn't lie. He didn't say, right. I deny this right. or anything like that. He said, yep, it happened. As opposed to Kevin Spacey, who denied. Isn't that correct? Well, I think he did. I, I think he did, too. And I think, the, I think the court, I think the charges against Kevin Spacey got dismissed recently. Really? Okay, intern Annika, you're really going to have to look this one up. <laughs> we keep saying look this up, and then we, <laughs> we're like, ah, we don't fucking need it. All right. Did the charges against Kevin Spacey get dismissed? All right. So I, I think I think they did. Wow. I think I think the witness wasn't willing to testify anymore, or something like that. Including the fourteen year old boy on the couch. I don't know. I'm not fucking okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Michelle Wolf. You yeah. mentioned her name. Right? Yeah. I know who she is. Oh. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. She has a wandering eye. Have you noticed that about her? Is she always looking at your dick? <laughs> No, she seems a little bit... Okay. What do you got, Annika? Yeah, the charges were dropped because the victim pled the fifth. Victim pled the fifth. All right. Wait, we now have in the news. <laughs> Intern Annika, give me a high five. Yeah, we did it. We covered, yep, we did we covered it. the news for we Ira. We did it. Yeah. Hey, so one, did it. one more movie I want to mention. Yeah, what do you got? It's part of my birthday present. Oh? The House Bunny. Oh? Thank you. Did you like it? Thank you. Thank you and thank you. Did you like the you know, movie? Yeah, a lot. And you know, I this was th- I put this in like the category of like um, clueless, where she's really sweet. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. That she her intentions are so honorable. She's wonderful, yeah. Anna Anna Ferris. And I I did not even pick up the title of House Bunny associated with Playboy. I didn't I, I didn't expect that. Uh-huh. And when I saw Hugh Hefner in the film, that was a surprise. He's in a few key scenes and. I want to say too that her her I don't know I already said this but she's so sweet and good natured and means well throughout the whole film mm-hmm. and that's how you can get on board and let the story uh, unfold. Uh, Emma Stone, yeah, Emma Stone was in that movie. Colin Hanks, of course, was in it too, and I enjoyed watching it. And there was also that theme of family, which we've talked about in previous podcasts. It really was all about the family. Well, we got hit. Over the head so hard with it after one of the... We watched what? the Fast and Furious, Fast Furious movies yes. a long time that, ago. That was what got us start talking yeah. about it. And then others too. Yeah. It was really enjoyable. And it was a sexy film, but it had a heart. Thank I you. I liked it. Yeah, I liked, I liked it a lot. I'm glad, I'm glad you got to see it. I did. Good. Should we talk about American Pickle? And Robert, talk us through it. All right. And American Pickle is a uh, movie written... By my boy Simon Rich, one of the greatest American writers and uh, uh, living American writers. And it centers around a, a character named uh, Herschel and Ben Greenbaum. These are two different people. Herschel Greenbaum was an immigrant to the United States who falls into a vat of pickles at a pickle factory and wakes up 100 years later. All of his family is dead, and the only surviving member that he's got is a great grandson is a great grandson or great great grandson great great is uh, it two greats something like that okay. a distant uh relative <laughs> i mean but the same age right very <laughs> weird that they're the same age uh ben greenbaum these are both played by seth uh seth rogan and of course ben greenbaum is a uh, kind of like a hipster uh you know 21st century man and you know living very soft hands right uh, has never had, hands. never worked like a hard that. day in his life, yeah. and you've got Herschel, who is very hardworking, and they wind up getting angry with each other and frustrated with each other's ways of approaching life, and, uh, and so Herschel sets out to make a fortune 
in the pickle industry and he starts to bottle his own pickles and Ben starts to try to sabotage his efforts along the way. Well said. Thanks. Very well said. Robert, I know you're a fan of, of Simon Rich. In fact, for my birthday a couple of years ago, you got mm-hmm. me this book of short stories, which I really love, by the way. Mm-hmm. I think you read one. It was about a baby. Mm-hmm. Chapter one was mm-hmm. a, was about a baby. And um, I'm real curious, and I'm going to ask you what, I mean, you probably had lofty expectations for this film because you so admire the short story writer. Yeah. And, um, and with Seth Rogen. So uh, what was your overall opinion of this film? I thought it was okay. It was it was an okay film. It, need, it I'm glad it was made. I'm glad they made it into a movie. I think it's the first movie that um, that Simon H- Rich has. He wrote screen the screenplay, and it was based off of his novella. And I think it's a good first step for him. Um, I think it's a great it's great casting. Seth Rogen was a really good fit for this agreed, role. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, and actually did a pretty decent job of writing. I think. Part of the problem is that there was some stuff that got a little lost in the translation. And man, I hate to take this view. This I don't know. This this is a trite viewpoint of the book was better, but I think they changed a lot of things because the the book was centered in 2013, and I've even heard Simon Rich say uh, a few times that they changed some of the humor because there was a lot more of the hipster stuff that was going on, and it was a lot more prominent in the in the early. Uh, early teens like so 2013 was like peak hipsterdom where there were jokes about how his look and they kind of did it in the movie just briefly but Herschel's look when he shows up everyone is like oh man your your clothes are so cool yes. they're so retro and everything and and the hat that he's wearing is the same kind of hat that people that are wearing now ironically there. That yeah. was a line in there but it wasn't ever- there was a lot more of that kind of mm-hmm. humor where yeah. he was he was a hipster and he just didn't know it. Which I would have enjoyed, actually. Right. I like what you're saying a and lot. I, I think that that kind of got lost a little bit. And I think that was a big part of the fun of the original novella. Um, and that novella is not in your the short story collection that I gave right. you. Right. But the one that I gave you has, there's two or three in there that are beautiful short stories. And I do want to point out that I do think there were, there were a couple of moments in this movie that I laughed out loud in. And I was like, oh, that's really clever. But... For the most part, it just wasn't anything that I hadn't seen before. Um, we've we've kind of been down that that right, route, right? Yeah, I certainly liked it, and it made me smile throughout. And I thought it was cl- clever. But yeah. we'll get to. I first want to say that we want to talk about apps and so on. This is the first feature film that HBO Max right. showed, and in the past, a little bit confusing. But HBO, because initially I thought, well, it's an HBO movie, so I thought I could go to HBO and I'd be able to set my DVR. For this film, and it would record it in a day and a half, and the and it's not available on HBO. You've got to go to their Max, HBO Max. But if you've got HBO, you've got the Max app, um, free, and it's it's an interesting way to stream content. They're even really it's not on HBO. They're starting to push people out of HBO yes. and into this HBO yes. Max. Yes, thing. and I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not, but I think they're they're a potential heavy player in. The streaming wars between, I mean, Netflix is obviously the the king to knock down, but so much stuff has been streamed lately through HBO with, with I mean, even Game of Thrones was, you know, really heavily streamed more than, um, than what do you call it, the, um, than just watched mm-hmm. live, like on the, on the, on the day, day of release. Broadcast. Broadcast, thank you. So... 
HBO is a potential killer here. Yes. And of course, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got Hulu, some of the other big players. And then you've got CBS and Peacock and whatever else you've got that are, are coming up. But yeah. um, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Thank you. I always yeah. seem to forget about them. Apple TV. Apple TV Plus. Yeah. yeah. And I think they're all trying to make waves. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how HBO steers this. Right. This is their first original feature film to be on HBO Max on the app. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. My issue, and again, I didn't not like the film. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it, but it was so predictable. It was a paint by numbers. And you know that the 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 younger man, I'm going to get these names right. Ben. 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 Um, is going. There's going to be a resolution, and you know he's going to get in touch with his roots right. at the end, and that the two will have a reconciliation. You right. know that. That was a paint-by-numbers formula. So in that sense, it was a bit disappointing. Um, I was even wondering, and sure enough, if they're going to switch, and they did. So there was nothing. It was it was a predictable paint-by-numbers yeah. script. That was my issue. So I think... <clears throat> I think part of it, it does come down to a lot of this is writing problems. And that's weird for me to say about someone who I admire the writing so much. I think there's, first of all, there's a difference between writing short stories, writing novellas, writing novels, and then writing screenplays. These are all different qualities and traits. And even then, I think Simon Rich, I think he he excels at writing short stories. They're definitely his best format. Um, and you know people like George Saunders. I don't think his longer writings. I don't know if you have ever read George Saunders, but he let, writes a lot of short stories as well. And I don't know that George Saunders is really a great um, novelist. You know, some people just are better at certain formats. But I think Simon Rich himself, his, as an author, if you look at his earlier stuff, it's really bleak. And the like his first, he's written like nine books, and the first few are really kind of dark and you're going oh my gosh and then a few years ago uh early 2010s right around there things started to kind of change a little bit and some of them were a little bit more optimistic and now a lot of them have a lot more hope and i think the problem was this was written in that kind of 50 50 blend that novella it was kind of like this is still kind of Mm -hmm. dark but it's also got this kind of hope to it but he's now older and he's taking it and converting it and making it more modern and it doesn't quite ring true because the original text uh, was stylized in a time and it was kind of a time capsule of what was going on at that moment, not only with the culture of the era, but also with his mentality. And he's trying to shoehorn it into something else that it's not a a direct fit for. I think that's part of the problem with this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I think it was enjoyable. I do too. And I don't. It's not bad. No, it's, I liked it. It's worth checking out. Absolutely, absolutely. And there are things in there that I really liked. It. He got in a. He had fun with what's politically correct. Right. And obviously, that was so relevant with today's climate, uh, where uh, the cancel culture and things yes, like that. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, where Herschel doesn't know any better, and of course, he's saying that people will want my pickles, even people in wheelchairs. <laughs> you turn that microphone yeah, a little bit. even people in wheelchairs will want uh, to buy this, and, and women and so on, and he was saying things that would, by today's climate, would be considered offensive, yeah. and of course, that becomes more important as the story unfolds, um, and I like that he was getting in little digs at today's contemporary society. My favorite characters in this film were the two initial customers 
out who were I thought they were the gay couple. Yes, who initially buy the pickles. Yes, one was black and one was white, quite effeminate. We've seen these guys. I feel like I know these two people. And was it a cartoon, a stereotype? Yeah, but it was done so playful that I just liked those two guys a lot. And they, of course, were the first to buy these pickles in a jar. Oh my God, it's the actual and rainwater, rainwater, and it's it's that whole chic thing that mm. I. I personally have little tolerance for, but making fun of that dynamic. I like that a lot. Yeah, I think, like I said, a lot of this stems from things that you could tell were really, really hip in 2012, 2013. Yes. And you could you could see, oh, yeah, there was this big craze for, oh, it all has to be this organic, you know, no additives or whatever, and, oh, you bottle it yourself, and that kind of, uh, that mentality that was so prominent at the time. Which, I mean, I guess is still around, but not as, not uh, as I much could as it was. I see that. I see that a lot. And, of course, it was so, oh, what's my point, Robert? It was so convenient where Ben, of course, had a website that would check the ethical integrity mm-hmm. of corporations with their carbon footprints. And that's so... You know, and of course, that's setting up. That's setting up the big act, third act, and what's important in life, and so on. So that's what I mean by it was predictable and kind of paint by numbers. So in the one of the things I like about Simon Rich's writing is that he usually writes about himself. And so in the novella, it was the character's name was Simon Rich, oh. and he was a, a a writer. And so when this guy comes back. It's like Simon Rich talking about himself, and it's it's self-deprecating, and it's a lot of like, right. oh, you're such a loser, and it's you know it's it's self-referential. So I think part of that's getting lost here too. Is there's a conversation happening with the author that's kind of getting missed when you change the name, and it's no hmm. longer autobiographical, mm-hmm. like a fictional autobi- autobiographical thing. I do want to say what I like about the film is that. It it really is starting to criticize parts of our society that that do need to be criticized. Yes, yes. I mean, this idea of like religion having when's the last time we heard something of a, a pro stance on on the benefits of religion mm-hmm. and and not being cynical. It I don't think it was a cynical film. It was really like we we really need to kind of step back and examine some mm-hmm. of the problems that we've got in our society. And a hundred years ago, they never would have settled for this shit. They would have been like. Not fucking doing that. You're not going to let your family's grave get all overgrown. What kind right. of piece of shit are you? And I think there's some real truth to that. Absolutely, we're losing sight of what's important. Yeah, and I found that really refreshing. I did too. I did too. That's why I found this movie to be silly at times. Yet there's a lot of pathos. I thought there's a lot mm-hmm. of emotion going through the photo album and so on. And it dealt with contemporary issues, yeah. which is the point you're making. And there were a couple I, of really good laughs in yes, the movie. Yes, I laughed out loud two or three times. <clears throat> Again, I liked the film. Yeah, I, I did too. I liked the movie, but it just seemed predictable. And I agree. By numbers. Yeah. That, that, was, that was my only point. Yeah. What else? What else about the movie itself? Um, it, this is an easy watch movie, but yes. it's exactly what you said. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. You know what you're going to get before... Minute two, you're like, oh, okay, I know where this is yeah. going. And Resolution, yeah, coming to terms, right? Embracing gonna... what's important in life, and uh, but I don't think that necessarily negates watching the movie Absolutely. or having the experience. 
it was interesting that there was no female lead, was there? Only in the flashbacks in the initial beginning right, scenes. But, but then but after that, Ben doesn't have a romantic That's interest. really interesting. Yeah. Does Simon have a woman in his life? I have no idea. I, I mean, he writes a lot about I mean, his, he doesn't write autobiographical, so it's all like fictionalized versions of his life. And it's always like him trying to get a girl. That's really interesting because the character Ben definitely could have had a girlfriend. Huh. It, he writes a lot from a how – do, how do I say this? Like it's always a guy trying to get a girl scenario, but it will be with a twist. It will be – uh, like there's a really funny short story he wrote about uh, the existence of a condom in the wallet, and it's kind of like growing up with this boy named named Jordan, and he's hanging out in the wallet with like the Blockbuster video card, and like Mastercard shows up, and everyone's like, "Whoa, you know," and all, this whole existence. And then one night he finally gets pulled out of the condom, or I pulled out of the wallet, and he's gonna get used. And he's like, oh, they told me that this is my, what my life's purpose is for and things like that. And it's you start to understand who the 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 person is that's falling in love with the, the woman through the view of the condom. Uh, he has another really great, fantastic story about a caveman who's in love with this girl. Um, and it, it's kind of the same problems that we have in society today. Uh, one of the cavemen is like painting art that everyone pretends to understand, but no one really can understand. And it's this, it's a, it's great for a short story. You know how it's going to end up, you know, but the, and so this paint by numbers doesn't really matter when it's a, you know, seven page short story, but it, the spin that he throws on things or like uh, the idea, there was one where a, an ape, <clears throat> like a gorilla gets upset with his dad and leaves home and goes to live with the humans for a while and then comes back and his dad's all like, oh, you think you're hot shit now because you've gone off and lived with the humans, kind of like going to college, you know, becoming educated. And it's kind of this examination of our lives through these kind of ridiculous, um, silly setups. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of also what, we're, what we've got here with American Pickle is there's this silly setup that we know how it's going to work, but... The real point is this examination of our lives and this examination of where is our, our culture at. Right. And that, to me, is what makes him so great is that it's it's there. It's coded, and it's just a layer or two deep. So it makes it fun to peel back and actually examine, but not so deep like Red Desert where you're going, I don't even fucking know what this guy's right. saying right. right now. I'm right. so lost. And I could pretend. I could make something up, but am I really right? And then, of course, that author, that director, author, or artist would say – Yes, any interpretation is right. It's like, okay, well, that's not what I fucking want. <laughs> I want you to steer me in a certain direction, yeah, yeah. and then I can make up my mind whether I agree with you or right, not. Right, right, right. Anyway. You know, I'm still back on your point that if Ben had a love interest and what that could have done for the story, I think that could have textured it more. Maybe. And if there was a, either a wife or a girlfriend, maybe even living, and maybe she has a more healthy dynamic with the great-great-grandfather. I seem to think that there was one. I, I haven't read that novella in a while. I, I could see that, Yeah. Yeah. I'll need to go back and reread it. Money shots. I like this the last shot of them with having finally cut down the billboard and like standing in front of the yeah. grave. Yeah. I just thought it was a really sweet yeah. shot. Um but I also think just when they uncovered the the pickle barrel and having Herschel emerge for the first sure. time was pretty memorable. Sure. sure. What about you? Yeah, that those as well as you know, I do 
and again, I want to keep on saying this that I like the movie, even yeah. though it feels like we're being a little bit cri- critical. We don't, but it was a pleasant ninety minutes. Uh, I like it's that easy. Whole, it's an easy, it's watch. easy watch, and I <laughs> like the first I don't know fifteen minutes or so where we see him. We see the great great grandfather Herschel back in his day, uh, and meeting his girl. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting? The first we see their highlights of the relationship. It reminded me of Up. The movie yeah, up did you flash on yep. it really thought well this is like up we're seeing their whole relationship unfold and what they find within each other and the glue between them and so on um there's a moment there where it was the girlfriend before they get married the great great grandfather and she bites into a here's a fish and he gives her the entire and she bites into it and they're like falling in love while she's chewing on the fish's head and i thought wow wouldn't it be nice if it was that simple? If I can give a girl a fish and she just looks at me adoringly while she bites into the fish. You should try it sometimes. But that was a tender beat for me. It right. was playful. It was done with a wink, but it really had impact for me. Also going through the photo albums and looking at the photos of the ancestors and so yeah. on. That too is a touching scene. It was a, a pleasant movie and I en- enjoyed it. Internanica, what did you think? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Uh, is it anti-wave? I gotta say it's not. And not at all. Well, first of all, here's not my question. Yeah. I've been waiting to ask you this. Who's the protagonist? I think it's Herschel. I actually think it's Herschel. I don't oh, think it's we Ben. Disagree. I think you want to say it's, it's ben, ben, but here's the ben. thing: the the movie doesn't follow Ben. But I I know, buddy, but but. Ben is the one who arcs. I know. Ben grows. But so does Herschel. Mm. Herschel grows too. Mm. Think about how. it. Well, Tell me how. Yeah, he says well, to him, like, I'm I'm sorry I did that. Yeah, he grows. Yeah. yeah. He com- comes to accept the, the ways that Ben is. They I, both grow. They both are. They both grow. Yeah, because I've been waiting to ask you that question. Right. So, But here's the thing. There's more time spent with Herschel than there is with Ben. Like, after Ben kicks him out of the house... We follow Herschel. Yeah, you're right. We you're follow right. Herschel on so his it's journey. So through his point of view. The problem is we're just so used to seeing the story be about Ben's character that we automatically place it. Yeah. This story yeah. in particular yeah. is about Herschel. I'm actually changing my mind and agreeing with you right now, but you can understand why I thought, yes. well, Ben arcs. We see, and we knew he was going to arc, but of course he arcs in the third act. So I thought, I guess this is his story to be told, but no. No, I'm actually agreeing with you now. Herschel is the protagonist. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it should be. Yeah. Because every other movie that you've seen about this is about Ben. Yes. Ben, that, that Ben character. Yes. Right? It'd be a different movie. Yes. But. Yes. By the way, Seth was good. Yeah. I thought Seth was solid in this. It, to me, it's always telling if you can play against yourself, because, I mean, and he did. practically every scene is Seth and Seth. Yeah. If you can do that, and I can clearly tell yeah. the difference between your characters. Right. Even uh, with a shaved-off pre- beard. Right. Even with a shaved-off beard. I can see. You can still feel the distinction between the two. Right. Yeah. And I thought, wow, this is a step up for him, because mm-hmm. I never really thought of him as a good actor. I know. I, I know. mean, he's, he's a he's a entertainer. You know, some people are not good actors. They're, they can play one character. Right. And they can play that one character well. smoking weed and right. all that stuff. But the, he was really solid in this movie. Like, for example, I don't think Harrison Ford is a good actor. He plays himself. That, that same it's character very well. What Harrison Ford do well. in that circumstance? And right. infinitely watchable. Right. right. I mean. Right. But I don't think and there's. we care. For some reason, we care about him. I don't think if you took off the the bullwhip and the, the fedora hat and you put on a blaster and a vest that we could really tell the difference between Han Solo and Indiana Jones. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That's just me. Yeah. 
I agree. I agree. So yeah, I was really pleased. Is it anti-wave? No. no. I don't think it's anti-wave. Both said no in unison. Um, not at all. Well, let's think. Not much. No. What would be anti-wave about it? The quirky storyline. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying the quirky storyline. I mean, I guess there's no Seth female lead. Parts, no I guess female. the fact that it, that's Herschel's yeah. story instead of yeah, Seth's. Yeah, yeah. These are both pretty minor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe the the distribution type, like going out through um, HBO, HBO Max. Max. But these are all really, you're, really you're minor. Really, uh, scraping it here to come up. Yeah. Yeah. So on the anti-wave scale, you're giving it like a one point three. I was gonna say about a two. Yeah. 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 I'm glad we watched it. I am I enjoyed too. it. I am too. It's very this watchable. This is a great example of a movie that we enjoyed but does not rate real highly on the anti-wave right, scale. Right, I think even right. 4V Ferrari was more anti-wave than this movie. Yes. You know, it had some of the the death of one of the main characters, things right, like that. That right. that um, the, What it depicted was more anti-wave than this. Right. This right. is probably one of the lesser anti-wave that films we've, we've done seen in a while ever or yeah. at least the last couple of years agreed yeah. agreed an american pickle check it out worth watching was there now maybe i'm digging too deep here was there a double meaning to the title american pickle like when you're in a pickle yeah i think did so. you did you feel yeah, no. like he's in a jam yep he's in a bit of a pickle here yeah yeah i think i think that was it <sighs> what what what, what yeah yeah okay good well yeah. Who died this week? Got to tell you, unfortunately, must the following people they didn't turn to dust. Let's acknowledge the following people who passed away the last seven days in the entertainment industry, shall we? Who died? We lost uh, Mike Clark, seventy-three-year-old American film critic. We want to include the film critic. He wrote for USA Today, and we also lost Tom Pollock, seventy-seven-year-old American studio executive. This guy was an important honcho in Universal Studios. He was also a producer. He produced movies including Hitchcock. The movie Hitchcock. Oh, yeah. The movie about Hitchcock. Yes, there were okay. two that came out. Remember? Like, oh, right, real close to one. Yeah. One was a TV movie, and I was wondering which one this was. One got theatrical distribution, and the other didn't. And I think we liked the one that was the TV movie more. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Rennie Santoni, 82-year-old American actor. He was an American. Uh, he was in Dirty Harry. And I, I wanted to see, well, who was he in Dirty Harry? And I looked into this. He was like Clint Eastwood's right-hand guy he was oh. lieutenant and uh hispanic and he died so i want to know when the punk dies like i i know what you're thinking <laughs> punk he, he says it twice in the movie you want to know yeah but like the first time he says it to the guy like the street punk on the on the ground yeah. or whatever so is the punk really dead is that you're asking? Well, no, I'm, the I want to know. The part? If, yeah, whoever played yeah, the punk. That's very funny. Um, anyway, so uh, Rennie is dead. Uh, Jerry Chipman, 79 year old American actor. Who's the movie 21 Grams? Are you familiar with that movie? That's a great movie. It is. I've heard that. I haven't seen it. Leslie Randall, 95 year old English actor, is in Billy Liar. Billy Liar. Billy Liar. I remember that film. That was a film in the 60s, also. Not to be confused with that other Billy. Okay. Um, Billy um, Madison? Yes. Well, there's, yeah. Billy Elliot. That's the one. The Billy. There's all these Billys. Billy oh, Bud. My mind. Now, that's where I was going. That's four, How do we have four Billy titles? <laughs> we just came up with four Billy titles. Oh, and there's also Free Billy. Oh, that's, yep. that's Free Willy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice try. Okay. That, now, listen. I want to talk about Billy. There's another Billy. Billy Goldenberg. Billy Goldenberg. Has a- the name Billy been said more <laughs> on any podcast? 
Billy, Billy, yo. 84-year-old American composer. He did a lot of TV, including Kojak and Rhoda, mm. but he also did the movie, to pl- the music, the music to play it again, Sam, mm. and a lot of Spielberg stuff, early Spielberg, when Spielberg was doing uh, Amazing Stories. Oh, right. Yes, he did a lot of the music, and he also did the music for Duel. The, the film Duel. The TV movie? Yes, yes, right. the TV movie. That was a Spielberg That's movie right, well. that's right, that's right. Brent Carver, 86-year-old, 68-year-old American actor, Kiss of the Spider-Woman. I never saw that. Did you I ever see that? I never did either. I was always curious about that movie. He also won a Tony. I just know that uh, Vanessa Williams performed Kiss of a Spider-Woman on Broadway, and I remember because I was in New York, and we, I was with a group of people, and we walked up after her show. She was coming out, and everyone kind of ran around, and they were trying to get her autograph. And my friend had no one had anything to, to for her to sign, and the only thing my friend had was a pack of cigarettes. And he was like, "Will you sign my pack of cigarettes?" And she was like, "No, I won't sign that." She wouldn't do she it. Wouldn't sign the cigarettes. Bitch. <laughs> we thought she was pretty bitchy for not doing it. What's the deal with that? I can picture Ellen DeGeneres she, not signing. I guess it. she didn't want to endorse cigarettes. Or but something. why? She's not endorsing the cigarettes. It's kind of cool to. She wouldn't sign the pack. I hate that. I, that story. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, fuck her. Is there anything that you wouldn't sign? Like it. If I I would sign I if I had a, I sign if, you, all I had is a Nazi flag. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say your dick. But I signed your dick with a Sharpie. But you went with the Nazi flag and I went with your dick. There's the difference between us. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think of something that you would be adamantly against. If I if all oh, I if had you have was, like an eight by ten glossy of Hitler. Yeah. An eight by ten glossy <laughs> His headshot. Yeah. You went down to glamour shots yeah. and got his yeah. uh yeah. Well, he was in SAG. Pardon me. He's looking for bit parts. I think he'd be a really good character actor. It's a, it's a four tra- by four of like him with a construction hat. So you know, funny. well, him, if Kevin Spacey could resurrect his career, <laughs> that's a funny idea. That's a funny idea. Hitler, you know, with a mailbag trying to be the mailman. Yes. You know? Yeah. As a little, ladies, a ladies' man with a little mustache. Little really. do people know that actually it was Hitler that played the part in uh, Home Improvement, where the guy was looking over the fence. That's the right. You could only see the face. Yeah. The face because up. That was they Hitler. didn't want to show the they mustache. Didn't want to show it, the mustache. They, they asked him to shave. And they, he said also, no. The network was afraid of some backlash. Right, the network right, right. was afraid so, of some backlash, so they didn't want to show that. Right. Therefore, it was just his forehead and just his the nose. top. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's very funny. Yes, I would sign an eight by ten glossy of Hitler. Would you really? And I'd sign your dick. <laughs> We lost uh, Fred Stilkaroth, an 81 German actor. He was in Cross of Iron. Are you familiar with that? That's Sam Peckinpah movie. Everyone was in that film. So many people were I in never saw it. That. Richard Harris was in it. So I never saw it Who? either. Richard, Richard Harris. Who's we that? About, oh, he's trying to fuck with me. Uh, Lorenzo. Lorenzo Sorley, a 68-year-old oh. Australian-born Italian Argentine actor. Argentine-born, bud. Uh, yeah, what did I say? Argentine. What did I say? Yeah. You said Australian. Uh, you know what he was? He was the president of the Hollywood Foreign Press. How about that? And they give out the Golden Globes. He died. The coveted Silver Screen Spotlight Award goes to Dick Van Dyke. How about that? We associate him largely with TV, of course, and of course with with Broadway, where he did Bye Bye Birdie, but with his films, let's not forget Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and of course Mary Poppins. Very friendly, very affable. I saw him not too long ago at the Lexus car dealership waiting for his car. He was telling stories, shaking people's hands, and just a really good guy. So he's dead. Heart attack? Heart attack. Well, that's sad. Sad to hear it. 
some top five? Top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Top five this week is top five time travel movies. I, I can't believe we haven't done this. Yeah, I know. We triple checked. We triple checked and we didn't. I can't believe we have not done top five we, time I know. travel movies. It felt movies. like we did. It felt like we did. We went back. We looked at our list of all our top five topics and mm, never done it. Wait, we keep a list? A list? Oh, boy, uh, do we ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a shared list. Now It's I, a Google Doc. I got to say, we kind of talked about this earlier. I, I think in terms of rules, we'll know it when we see it. We kind of know the spirit of what a time travel movie is because, as we just mentioned, it's I not, don't think it's an American not, Pickle is a time travel movie. In fact, movie. when I pitched this to you, I thought you were going to say, no, it's really not. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah, but, instead but it's you went, close okay. enough. Yeah. Let's go for it. So it's a little bit of a cheat. A little bit of a cheat. Well, it's an inspirational cheat, but I don't think we can cheat in our top five. Agreed. Agreed. I, I went out of my way to make sure, is this a legitimate time travel That's movie? That's right. I like that. I mean, I guess you could argue that, that it was time travel, but it was really just kind of time passing him he by. He stayed. He was in a, a barrel filled with pickles, and a, a hundred years went by. I mean, and would so you? He didn't really. Would you argue have a that machine to go through time? It's just that time went by him, right? That's it. Like two thousand one, a space odyssey. The you know the monkey throws the bone up in the air, no, and then time goes by. That's one of the best dissolves in cinema that's history. That's not time travel, right? I mean, I guess it is time. It's traveling time, but that's not really what. Although we, mean we can here. go to the ending scene in two thousand and one. This is an interesting question where we see the astronaut aging. Has he been in that Victorian room for a lifespan? Or did the aliens speed up his aging process? But either one, it's not really a time travel right. movie. Is it that in time travel you have to be able to go backward? Oh, that's a great question. No. Is there a time travel where you go forward only? Only go forward? Has there been a movie about that? Well, I think we just reviewed one. We did. It's called oh, An American you're right. Pickle. <laughs> you're right. We did, didn't we? Has there been others where they just go forward and they don't go back? I'm going to make the argument in every one. I think they go yeah. back. Yeah, uh, Forever Young. <laughs> I never Forever Young, the Mel Gibson movie where he gets frozen. Well, that's what we're talking yeah. about. So wait, then he does wake up in the future, so he doesn't go back. That's a time the, capsule that's movie. That's not a time travel movie. Right. Just like this isn't a time travel movie, we're cheating. Let's go for it. All right. Are we going to overlap? Yes. Yes, I think we're going to overlap on at least two. two. Agreed. And maybe three. All right. You want to go first? Number five. You go first. I'm going to go first. You know what? It's schmaltzy and it worked somewhere in time. I don't know that I saw somewhere in time. Oh. Did I see this? Well, Is this I was going to ask 80s? you. The, yeah. 1984. Just 80. 80? 1980. This was one with Christopher Reed. Yeah. Remember? I, yeah, I, you know of it. I know Jane of it. Seymour. Yeah, I don't think I saw this. And it's a very lush movie. It's mm. by the way, Richard Matheson. We've mentioned his name a lot. He wrote the screenplay, and uh, lush cinematography. And it's also known for its wonderful musical score. John Barry. John mm. Barry did the music to it. And it's it's a sweet, sentimental, lush film. Mm. That's my number five. My number five is one that we might overlap on. Yeah, I agree. It's my number. Well, you don't. You're know. gonna say it. I can feel it. I feel the vibe. Oh. Is it one word title? Nope. Never mind. Never mind. Well, I guess it could be. Wait, you're going to put a the in front? <laughs> From 2014, live, die, repeat. I love that you have that. It's one of my scoops. Go ahead. This is the Tom Cruise movie where he dies, travels back in time, and keeps reliving the same day over and over and over again. 
Now, in my opinion, I feel like um, I feel like for some reason I feel like Groundhog Day isn't a time travel movie, but this movie actually is a time travel movie because it actually talks about how he, they're able to travel back in time, right? It's interesting that you're differentiating because I thought if you go with Groundhog Day, and you're finding a distinction there where this one is, but Groundhog Day is not. I guess because part of the plot of of Live, Die, Repeat, it talks about how they are able to travel back in time. Like, they explicitly say that. Oh, yeah. With Groundhog Day, we never quite you're know right. what it is. You're right. You're right. I love that you're calling it. We talked about this before, Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah. Instead of the actual title. I just can't even Kudos remember. to you. What's it called? And I always say, it's a horrible title. What is it? Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow. Right. That's a hor- it sounds like a soap opera, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. It just sounds, Yeah. You know, they're trying to make the sequel. Yeah, live, die, repeat, repeat. I love when you said that. I love when you said that. And um, Tom Cruise is eager, and he's trying to get Emily on board with it, too. And they've got the script. But um, anyway, yeah, it's a nifty movie. I like that. That's a really nice choice, Robert. What you got? What's your number four? My number four? Well, it's a movie that is going to be in your top five. Mm. Well, it's going to be your top four anyway. Mm -hmm. I know that. Oh, it definitely is. (gasps) One word title. Uh -uh. Come on, you don't. I have any one word titles. Yes, you do. Mm -mm. You didn't put Primer? number one you're fucking with me that you got me that time yeah yeah those are good yeah i'm still naive aren't i that is your number one 2000 well you know and what i love about this it's got a cult-like status now i was looking into this film you know intern annika you should listen to this because if there's a movie that you would really enjoy that we're talking about it's primer pitch it ira what happens well it's hard to describe instead of what it's a time travel movie but i want to say What's really unique about this is that they don't dumb down the terminology. Right. It's smart. I keep using the word it's an intelligent story. And also what I love about it is that they kind of accidentally stumble upon this. Right. And I did some reading up on this so I could be articulate this afternoon. And that is that they went out of their way that most great discoveries do indeed happen by accident, mm-hmm. which is an interesting premise. And they wanted that to be the same way. And the... The, the jargon is very smart, intelligent, and they don't want to dumb it down for the audience. Let the audience reach up to get it. If there it's, is a film that a, is realistic in its depiction of what time travel would truly it be would like, be this. It's it would this. Be, it's a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah. It is a mind fuck, but it's a glorious mind fuck. And when you watch it, it's just it's a movie to see twice, by the way. Yeah. It's definitely a movie. Highly recommended to our intern. Yeah, you would like it. It's called Primer. Primer. You know, I think I told you this, that on Wikipedia, there's a whole article about how their particular time machine would work. They have it broken down schematically. They actually have it broken down about how it could actually work. That's my number four. My number four is a film that I've mentioned on this podcast before. I haven't done it in a long time. From 1962, a short film, French short film, Le Jet. Now, Le Jet, if you remember... Legette was the original. Twelve Monkeys was the remake. Oh, and this film was—it's uh, unique because it's shot with still photographs, and it's uh, there is no like motion in the film. It's just a series of of still photographs, but it's the story of in the future this um, prisoner is sent back to try to stop this uh, catastrophe that kind of basically like ruined ruined Earth, and in so doing, he winds up causing the very thing that. Right. that created it it's a good film that's I think really it's like nice 13 minutes long or something like that it's a really really great film i thought it was gonna be 12 minutes long uh-huh. reference 12 to the monkeys, 12 monkeys. i, I want to make sure that i got the 12 monkey reference yeah hey my number three 
I I decided to go with this as number three. Mm. 1984. Cameron directed it. 1984? Uh-huh. Wow. The Terminator. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. With I thought the- you were talking about Kirk Cameron. Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> connections. Was that Connections? Yeah, yeah. Um, with Arnold, and um, it was in the whole thing that... You went for Terminator, not Terminator 2? Well, I thought about that. You think 2 is the better movie. And I perhaps so, yeah. it is. However, I'm still going with the first one just because it was the first one. Even though your argument is, but number two is a better film. Yeah. But there was still the first one that was just so, whoa. And we, I always have to remind myself about this, that Arnold's character is a bad guy. Yeah. He's, and you know, he is playing an assassin, a cyborg assassin. He goes back to Earth to kill, who will become the mother of the scientist who wants to. If you don't know the the switch and you're, you watch part one and then watch part two if you don't know anything about the films yeah then part two does a really good job of setting up okay here comes the bad guy again he's he's back he's gonna kill her yeah you've spent 90 minutes in the first movie watching schwarzenegger try to kill uh sarah connor Connor. and now he's here to protect her it's a really interesting kind of yes yes but i decided i thought about you but i went with number one and um that bad robot who's out to kill who will become the mother of the scientist who is against the cyborgs, right? So they have to kill them. So it's it's very well done. It was like nothing we... You know what? It's been done before. There was an Outer Limits episode. You heard me say this before with Martin Landau. It was the same thing where they go back in time to kill the parents of the scientists who will cause mutations in humankind. So they've done it before, but it was it's a well-done movie. That's my number three, The Terminator. My number three is a movie that we've not talked about on the show at all. Whoa. And uh, I didn't even know about it until I met my wife and she recommended it. And she was like, have you seen this? And I said, no, I haven't heard about it. It's an English film um, with, uh, I think your your boy is in this. I think you, you like him. Let me make sure. Jake? No, no, no. no he's no, my no. boy. No, he's an English guy. Let me make sure before I spout off. Okay. Um, but it's from 2009. I didn't see it until a few years ago. And she, she really recommended it. And I was like, oh, this, let's check this out. Oh, no. It's, I was thinking it was. Um, hmm. Oh, I was thinking it was somebody else. Oh. But you know who is in it? Anna Ferris is in it. Oh, I like her. No, I was thinking this was. What? I was thinking this was English. Maybe it isn't English. Yeah, what, it is. What's the title? Can't get the local pub. Frequently asked questions about time travel. I never heard of it. This is and a feature film. It's a it's a feature film, and it's a it's a really quirky, funny, romantic. Uh, do you know how like the Full Monty came out and like these kind of lighthearted yeah. English films yeah. or, or UK films? That I don't I think Full Monty was English, but you know what I'm saying? Like these kind of light. Even sure. Billy Elliot, the mm-hmm. aforementioned, mm-hmm. which I always confuse with Billy Bud. <laughs> um, not to be confused with Billy Madison, right? Yeah. Okay, that's <laughs> but it was they're very lighthearted and uh Waking Ned Divine is another one of those. I love Waking Ned Divine. I don't know if you ever spoke about that movie. I don't know that we have either. I saw that in the theater when it first came out. I kind of fell in love with it. Yeah. Watch frequently asked questions about time travel. Wow. Cuz it's one of those kind of this is really great. And it, it's a a wink and a smile and just really a good-natured it's a weird title. romantic comedy. Yeah. A, huh. Frequently asked questions about time travel. Nice. Check it out. Nice. What do you got? My number two? Yeah. The Time Machine. The first one. Oh. The good one. 
1960. I we're knew talking, you were going to say I, yeah, that. I, know, I knew you, you knew. You traveled in the future to tell me. Yeah, I don't know. Rod Taylor, George Powell directed this. And, you know, Google George Powell. Look at the other movies he had directed. Uh, Rod Taylor was just terrific. And I, I just want to tell you that when I think you've heard me say this before at the high school I used to go to and they would show at lunchtime in 15 minute installments of a film. I saw it in the theater when it first came out. And then uh, two years later, they showed it at lunchtime in 15 minute segments of time machine. I was so obsessed with this movie when it came out in 1960. And I still have the, I, I remember the classic illustrated, which was a comic book. And I would just stare at the front, this, this glorious machine with the spinning, with a spinning contraption behind him and the dials and the switches and everything else. And my mind was just exploding with the thoughts of what that would be. And I used to pretend I was in, in that machine. The way you describe this makes it sound like you're jerking off to a Playboy magazine. <laughs> when you see Rube Goldberg machines, do you like, do you instantly like calm down? I like Rube Goldberg now? machines. I actually enjoy I that I guess stuff. you do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> the movie had quite a Who knew a, you had a hard on effect. for uh, for hardware? <laughs> that was good. Thanks. It was a solid movie, and I just want to say one quick thing that was done so smart. And again, this was 1960. How do you show the passage of time? So there was Rod Taylor in this beautiful vehicle, and his his laboratory. I I know you like the beautiful vehicle. I'm getting off on this, aren't I? Right across the street, there was a women's dress store. And through the passage of time, it was done with rapid fire images where you'd see the fashions change as you went years into the future. So you'd see the skirts change, the hats change. And that was such a smart, smart way in 1960 to show the passage of time with this single frame animation really, really rapid. And George Powell did those other things with the Harry, the skeletons dancing with single frame animation. So you can see a little bit of that in his style. And what a clever, intelligent, smart way to show passage of time. I just love that film and left you with that great question where he goes back. He does go back to the present. And then we find out he's gone again. Three books are missing from his library. What three books would you take back to your future? Mm. Mm -hmm. Time machine. That's my number two. Well, one of the books I would take back. That was a good segue. Would be an almanac, which happened <laughs> in Back to the Future, which is my number two. Actually, that was Back to the Future part two. But uh, I wanted You're to right. talk about Back that to the Future. Was number two. You know, up until about, about a, maybe even a year or two ago, until fairly recently, I would have said Back to the Future part two is the better movie. But I rewatched Back to the Future recently, and I went, you know what? This is really fucking good. Back to the Future is a great movie. It is great. What? You're giving me a look. Uh oh. Uh- <laughs> I fucking can't keep a secret, can I? You can't. I just couldn't do. I was just held up. I, I guess just I know what I'm getting for my birthday. Amazon, I just. <laughs> Don't tell Joey that I did that. What? I just fucked it up, didn't I? All I did, all I did, was, I just held up the Amazon Prime, and that's all I did. And- well, you really set it up for. I mean, you're you're asking to talk about uh, what, what is it like movies uh, back time travel movies, and I'm not going to mention Back to the Future. I know. I know. Back to the Future really is good. Yeah. I'm glad you're getting this for me. I know. I know. That's great. Yeah. That's a good birthday present. I'll pretend like I don't know. Will you surpri- will you Let's do just that? travel back in time a few we minutes. We can do that just about, if we go back three and a half minutes. <laughs> back to the Future, it, one and two are both good. I, 
I think third one was the Western, yeah. right? Cowboy. And that's the one where it's kind of like, eh, okay. But you know what? There are there are sequences in part two that are brilliant. I really like the idea of him watching the whole dance from above and the catwalks, you know, the enchantment under the sea dance. And, you know, him trying to steal the the almanac from Biff in the car. Like, there's a lot of really clever kind of um, additions to what was going on later on that night after part one takes place. But part one in itself is just so fucking good. Yeah. It's, there's heart in it. There's really yes. good emotion yes. in it. Annika, have you ever seen Back to the Future? Shame. <laughs> Annika, take this home. Yeah. <laughs> My number two is Back to the Future, part one. What do you got? What's My number two? one? No, number one. Back to the Future. Is it really? Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. How well, can my number not? one is Primer. We've already talked about both of our number ones. <laughs> I just want to say that with Back to the Future, I don't think you know this about me, but I used to be the movie critic for a, a publication. There was a, a, a dating service called Great Expectations. Mm-hmm. This is before the internet, before Match.com. And every month I would write a review, and they got me in to see a screening of Back to the Future before the publicity. And I went in knowing nothing about this film. And I always thought, wow, the title is like a contradiction. Back to the future? Uh-huh. How can that be? I did. It's all I knew. And I was like in awe. I fell in love with this film. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Before the promotional push. And it was so, the, the two of them, the two of them were so perfect. I can't imagine two other people playing that part. Well, I can. I can imagine, and I can imagine it not going well. Yeah. Because Which actually they tried, they right? They did. They filmed, who was it? Uh, uh, Eric, Eric Stoltz. Stoltz. Yeah, Eric Stoltz. Yeah. And... You know, I was actually recently watching an interview with them, with uh, Christopher Lloyd and the the guy who played Biff. And I guess when they brought Biff in to tell him that they were going to have to reshoot a bunch of scenes because they had shot a lot of the movie with Eric Stoltz. Yeah. And then they originally wanted Michael J. Fox to begin with. And they said, you know, he, he's not available. Scheduling he's still doing family ties. family ties. So they said, all right, we got to we'll just do it with Stoltz and then Stoltz wasn't working out and his, you know, he was getting really method and wasn't, um, he was like getting in a fight with the guy who played Biff and was like, fuck you dude. And he was like ready to beat his ass and stuff. And they brought in that actor to tell him that they were going to get rid of Eric Stoltz. But the whole time he thought they were going to fire him. And he was like, Oh shit. You know, I just, I got this huge break, this huge deal. And now it's all going to fall apart. And he was like, Fuck, man. And he's this drive of doom. Like he was driving into the studio and he knew he was going to get fired. And they sit him down like, well, we're going to have to reshoot some scenes and we're going to have to let Eric Stoltz go. And he was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Thank goodness it wasn't me. Can you imagine? That's great. Wow. But I think even even uh, Christopher Lloyd was kind of saying like, really, it was better chemistry with Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd. And they were both like. Born to play these parts. Yeah. I can't imagine any other actor playing either of those two parts. No. Zemeckis. Zemeckis, who is uneven. We've talked about this before, but this was a gem. Mm-hmm. This movie was a gem. And I just want to say there's a quick scene I remember about the the logical consequences of time travel, that built-in anomaly, that contradiction. Well, if you go back in time, you killed your great-grandmother. You were never born. 
Therefore, you wouldn't have gone back in time and killed your great grandmother. You just did. They actually address that on right. the board, don't? I remember that seeing that. I, I it was almost with a wink. It's almost like, look, we know there's an issue about logic here, and they they acknowledge that in a playful, fun way, don't they? On the board with arrows yeah. and showing that. Can I just say, please, real quick, please, because you just reminded me of something I wanted to bring up about an American pickle. I got to get in before the end of the show. American Pickle did that exact same thing that you're just describing, and they did it really brilliantly. They did it a few times where, like, for example, uh, they bring out um, the Herschel character, and the scientists are going, well, he was stuck in a pickle barrel for all these years. And all the reporters are going, how could that be? What's the science on that? And the scientist goes, well, just give me a chance to explain. It turns out, and then they just kind of cut the audio off, and the narrator says, and the scientist explained it. And all the, all the reporters go, oh, well, that makes sense then. Okay, I, I, so I don't silly, know. but it was the filmmaker's way of acknowledging this right. huge problem. And it's just like, and there's your can wink. we just fucking get past there's it? There's your just... wink, like, buy into this or don't. Right. We hope you do buy into it. It's such and a great I know, little... I know, like, I know. And, they just and said, all oh, the reporters all explain. Oh, okay. oh that's okay. how it worked. So that's smart. And, that and was, that's whimsical. That's that playful. was clear, clever writing. That yes. was Simon Rich. That's the way that yes. he would approach things. Yes. And that, I yes. went, that yeah. is a really, and they yeah. did it again later on. There was another moment of like, oh, where the judge was like, oh yeah, we're just going to exile you back to the country. And there was no kind of like, wait a minute, wouldn't there be like a big court process? And it was like, nope, that's what we're doing in the end. Bye. <laughs> and it was just kind of. Okay, I guess we're doing this now because that's what you need to have happen for the movie to, to take place. And I think kind of acknowledgement of that. Yeah, I think you get a little bit of that in, in Back to the yes, Future as well. Yeah, on a, on a whiteboard or something. I remember that. I don't think it was a whiteboard. It was board. a blackboard? What was well, it on? That was before whiteboards. Yeah, right. That was with chalk. Yeah. Days of chalk. Probably. I love that film. That's my number one. My number one is Primer. We've already kind of discussed it. Ira, this is a good top five. Woo! We did it. We did it, didn't we? Mm-hmm. <sighs> you know what people can do if they have some uh, time travel movies? What's that? Well, first of all, we should mention our scoops. Did you have scoops? Oh, scoops! I'm, I'm about to remember. Ah, I have a few. I have a few. You go ahead. You go ahead. First of all, Midnight in Paris. You know, that's a good one. That's right? a really good one. Yeah, Butterfly Effect, and a movie. I'm not sure if you've ever seen Safety Not Guaranteed. Never heard of that. Because it's it's about a guy who is trying. He's developing a a time machine but everybody thinks he's crazy and the whole movie kind of plays on is he crazy is he not crazy and you never quite know whether he's crazy or not a similar film to that in not in tone at all because that's that was more of kind of a light-hearted uh comedy but did you ever see take shelter there's a film take shelter it's about give me me shelter (laughs) different film take shelter was a film with Michael Shannon where he is a guy who thinks that the end of the the world is coming, the apocalypse is coming, and so he starts spending his family's entire fortune to build this like underground bunker to protect him. And everybody thinks he's going out of his mind, and you don't know whether or not what he's seeing is are are real premonitions or whether he's going bonkers. Wow. It's a brilliant wow. kind of concept. So what's the ending? You don't want to tell. You don't want to tell. Well, it's it's ambiguous. I like him. He looks out at the end. At the end, he's uh, looking out at the horizon, and there's a storm coming. And you're like, but is it but just a, a storm? storm? Is it only a storm, or is it the beginning of the end? Right. We don't know. That's intelligent ambiguity. Yeah. I like that kind of ambiguity. And it's, the whole point is it's not about whether it's right or wrong. It's are you willing to make these sacrifices yes. for something you believe in? Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Smart film. Other, other uh, scoops? No, that's, those are my scoops. What do you got? Let me just mention uh, Looper. You know, 
also you mentioned it uh, i mentioned it i'll mention it again <laughs> looper uh, you know, Planet of the Apes. Now, this is yep. interesting because it's not real. That's but, not a time travel. But wait, 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 wait. Yes, it is. No, oh, the not. reveal at the end that, my God, those astronauts on Earth the whole time, they just went into the future. But that's not that's not the time travel as we set it up. Um, We said you got to go in the past. You said that. Well. They, I don't think I agree. Well, you then, can go in the if future. If that's a time travel yeah. movie, then so was an American Pickle. But American Pickle, he was in a vat of pickles, and it just happened to him. These guys were in a vehicle. They were in a ship, and the oh, propellers going faster so, than light. And they went into the... So a, a barrel of pickles is not a vehicle? <laughs> you can make an if argument. If it's not a vehicle, right, I'm right. going to put you in a barrel, Planet- seal it up with some pickles, and then roll you down a hill. But Planet of the... Yeah, I know. We find out they accidentally went into the future. But I see what you're saying. Man, it's, you, not, it's not one of your main movies. Here's one that's more to your liking. The Star Trek uh, film that was um, of The Voyage Home. Mm-hmm. That was the one in San Francisco where they go back in time uh, with the dolphins. Did mm-hmm. you see that one? Leonard? No. no. You oh, asked me, I mean, I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies or Star Trek oh, movies. Oh, okay. Never mind. But that was a. Uh, I did put down Edge of Tomorrow, horrible title. I like your title more. And um, Bill and Ted's. Yeah, I'm surprised neither one of us mentioned Bill Bill and and Ted's. And I mentioned a couple weeks ago that they're making the sequel, Face the Music, Mm -hmm. which I'm really looking forward to, which is getting strong reviews. I like part two. The set you like the second one more than the first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that would be. Well, they just go into the. Then they go back, right? Anyway, those are scoops. Now, intern Annika has something. Oh, she's got something to say. I have a scoop. What? Interstellar. Interstellar. You know. Yeah, that is. Then that he does travel in the past. Yeah, did you understand? He does communicate that? through did you time. Understand that movie? I did. Did you? Yeah. yeah. I actually have a a book I just got called The Science of Interstellar. Where so it, it explains down. the movie yeah. and you know. Well, I mean, oh, what? A lot of that stuff was kind of dumbed down anyway. It was. Like, well, if it was dumbed down, yeah. Had... Where you? These what? are physicists, and they're like talking to each other, going, "Well, here's what a wormhole is." I think they know what wormholes are. They're physicists. Conversations between scientists don't usually get broken down on the basic. Hey, Robert, like you know what? Hmm. I'm from the future. Yeah? Yeah. I came back Can you go here. back there? <laughs> Can you go back to the future? Back to the future. <laughs> All right. If people have some uh, time travel movies. What should they do? Well, they should have reached out to us last week. Uh, uh, or they can reach out to us this week. This week. Uh, they can reach out to us through Instagram. How? Through, through our email, not, mm, Instagram, not Instagram. Our email, uh, robert at antiwaypodcast.com. Oh, or and slash or ira at antiwaypodcast.com. Or our uh, Instagram or Twitter handle. Now it's time to talk about those. We're all over the place. You know, oh, what is the Instagram handle? It's at AntiwayPod. That's right. That's right. We're all over the place, aren't we, Robert? Just like the uh, hundred-year-old like, briny okay. pickle juice. I wonder if he movie. ate the pickles while he was in the barrel. Well, it did seem like there were fewer pickles <laughs> when they bust, busted him out. Than, he uh, really was in yeah. a pickle, wasn't he? Um, iTunes, run Stitcher, run Google Play, run Spotify. Just go to our website. Throw us a few bucks over at Patreon. Help keep the sprocket holes moving. Ira, mm-hmm. next week. Do tell. We're going to watch yes. The Tax Collector. Oh, who stars in that? Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Do you know what he did? Yeah, I do. Yeah? Got sure. a tattoo. He actually got tattoos on his chest. Because right. that's what his character has or does in the film supposedly wow i'd love it if they never show his chest in the entire movie they cut it out they cut it out it's on the it's on the (laughs) cutting room floor i'm excited about this movie so we're going to check out the tax collector for this week so uh watch that we'll talk about it next week that's about it we want to thank we want to thank a few people oh yeah we should thank a few people yeah who do we thank well producer joey i'll say producer joey good job 
We should thank you. We should thank well, me. Um, she's, she's right here in this room. She's like waving. Oh, intern Annika! Yeah, oh, yeah, good job. Uh, I think that's about it. We did it. Yeah, man, we did. What do you want to do now? I want to get the fuck out of here. Oh. I'm going to go back in the future where I belong. <laughs> All right. Until then, keep watching movies. I'll help you sort them out. Ira ride over the Red River?